the quesadilla game wouldn't have. I'm talking about till today. Mm. We don't know what the future holds. But from when I first got in till now, the quesadilla game wouldn't have ever been observed this hard if it wasn't for me. Welcome to the catch up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Arith, editor in chief, and Jeffrey Kotnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news breaking, food porn peddling, viral website on the dot coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy. There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch-up. Oh, welcome back. Hey, all right. First off, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you've listened to at least one episode before, I know you have. I have a favorite ass. There's no ads on this show. Just pause the podcast right now. Go leave us a review on a podcast store. Seriously, if everyone listening right now just goes and leaves one review, maybe tell us your favorite episode or uh, put the word quesadilla in a comment. It, it'll continue to change the game. We'll continue to have these amazing conversations with amazing people. So a thousand of you guys are listening right now. We love that you have you give us the opportunity to have these geeky food conversations week to week. So go ahead, pause. I'm going to wait. All right, cool. Good job. Good job. Appreciate you coming back. All right, Jeff, let's get the people what they want. Quesadillas. 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 I, I, okay, I was going to say I never had a quesadilla I didn't like, but I was at this hotel. I'm not going to name the hotel. <laughs> I order a quesadilla up to the room. They throw some mozzarella cheese on there. Fine. Okay, whatever. I'll deal. You know what the dipping sauce they gave me? I, I want salsa. I want salsa. It's a good, good, good thing for quesadilla. <laughs> sure. They hit me with marinara. Oh. But so it's still in a tortilla. It was in tortilla. It was tortilla. And it was mozzarella cheese. Tortilla, mozzarella cheese, the other side of tortilla. Was there a meat in it? No. No, 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 no. I don't know if they misunderstood or if they put the <laughs> wrong thing in it. So I looked at the menu again because I, I ordered a quesadilla. <laughs> I don't need to look at a menu to order a quesadilla. I just ordered a quesadilla. I was like, oh shit, maybe someone just haphazardly by accident put marinara instead of the salsa that they had. All right, so I checked the menu. I'm just going to make sure before I blow up the phone again. Like, I'm so offended. You know what they hit me back with? It's on the, the menu. The menu says marinara. The menu says marinara. It's unfortunate. And I, again, I love every quesadilla I've ever had <clears throat> since. I've had a Taco Bell. Love them too. Del Taco. Like it. Uh, you know, all, all good quesadillas. What, what, do you have an affinity towards quesadillas too or no? I have an affinity towards quesadillas, but... We're lucky because we have the man in the room that's made my favorite quesadilla all time. True. True. All time. He he no came smoke. he came to our, our cheese festival, Ooze Festival in 2015, and that mm-hmm. was the first time I had tried that quesadilla. Yep. And also got to interact with the man and the personality mm. that is our guest. Just get get to the Let's intro, man. Just get there. We've all talked right. about Dias for yo, a second. Yo, get okay. there. We have a legend. In the quesadilla game in our midst here on the podcast. He started his food journey by grilling tacos and quesadilla in a stand outside his front yard in Watts, a neighborhood in South Los Angeles. And soon after, lines of fans continuously circled the block waiting for his food. And news coverage basically solidified his front yard as an LA landmark in the foodie sphere. 
He eventually parlayed that success into a food truck. And a couple days ago, he opened up his very first restaurant here in Santa Ana, California. We got the founder of All Flavor, No Grease. Mr. 145,000 followers on Instagram. Mr. Chef Ocho himself. Welcome to the neighborhood and welcome to the Catch Up Podcast. <laughs> he is here to kill it. Oh, thank you very much. Oh my God, you guys are great. Full beast, I love you. Oh no, stop it, stop it. Please, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you, guys. Welcome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Oh my God, I, I gotta say, can we win Emmys for what? What's the audio version? Oh, Grammys. Can we win a Grammy uh, for that podcast on the Grammys? <laughs> They should. What's the hold up? I think think maybe the top of the spectrum might be like the iHeart Radio podcast category. I'll take that. That's all all that I've heard. We'll take that. For right now, that's what I've heard of. Okay. So, Keith, we've been following you for a minute. Everyone's been following you for a minute. Your quesadillas are obviously some of the best in the game. There's so many stories about you that I just want (laughs) to... The man, the myth, that's a, the legend. We geek out on this podcast so we could actually have conversations that people haven't already had. So I want to get to more of the beginning, the origins of all flavor, no grease. I want to learn more about you, your, upgrade, your upbringing, why you started selling food on the front lawn, basically in your house. And then let's let's find out what really happened along the way and not just the media buzz, bullshit videos. There's probably, I would accumulate probably 100 million views easy of videos that have covered your quesadillas and you as a charming fellow just like bringing that hype. Out easily 100 million views across Food Beast, Thrillist, BuzzFeed, the insider. whole not insider, the Steve whole nine. Harvey, Steve Harvey show, yeah. like, but those highlight beautiful quesadillas. You being the funny dude that you are, the businessman that you are, the communities that you serve. But I want to like talk about everything in between, yeah, and how and, it all started. Yeah, let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. So even pre pre food, mm. where where were you? Where were you growing up? And what were you doing? Well, <clears throat> good morning once again. <laughs> <laughs> and before even everything gets cracking, I just want to just thank God right now just for mm. the opportunity for you guys calling us and for you guys just even following the journey. But if we're going to rewind back to why we first started, or how we first started, or where it even all started from, it actually started from my neighborhood. Right where I'm, you know, presently from now over in South Central Watts area. Mm. And that's where I was full-fledged selling my weed at. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was the spot right there on the block. So it's like, that's how I knew to get my money. The most, how can I want to put it? The most least jail time having hustle. Okay. Other than cocaine, other than ecstasy, PCP, it's like, okay, you sell a little weed, okay, you get a possession of sales, you're not going to do it over six months, okay, you can handle that. But I got tired of thinking like that. I was small-minded. Mm. I'm like, there's no 401k in this shit. 
I'm like, I just stay with my mom and my dad. I'm like, they're elderly. May God rest my dad's soul. But I'm like, I'm only going to fuck around and get the house raided, and that's not cool. Mm. I'm like, I got to do something different. I need something different. Lord, help me. Mm. And I promise you, a little just boom, like a light really popped on, boom, do what you learn how to do in school. So I looked at that like, oh, they talked about me a lot in school. I only learned how to sell candy and make friends. He's like, open up a candy house. I'm like, oh, mama, <laughs> can I open up a candy house? She's like, what? Can I open up a candy house in the front room? She's like, go get a seller's permit. I'm like, all right, I got action. Ooh, <laughs> I some legal money. So I sold the same thing that I sold at school. Snickers, Reese's, Twix, Kit Kats, Sour Belts, uh, Crack for Kids. What's Crack for Kids? <laughs> you got gummy worms and gummy bears mixed with Kool-Aid in a little sandwich bag. And that shit get jelly and bomb. Oh shit, that's oh, tight. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you was looking goodness. like, where's he going? Hold on, yeah, say yeah. that again. Say, say, well, what's the recipe? What's the recipe? Rewind. Rewind. You have the gummy bears. Mm-hmm. You have your gummy worms. Okay. You mix the big Kool-Aid yeah. on top of it. You let it sit and marinate like it's cooking up. You feel me? Yeah. And then as it get a little jelly and stuff over like about 12 hours, which is overnight. Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. You would sell it like out of a Ziploc? Or Straight a- up. Oh wow. Give me a dollar. Give me a dollar. Oh, give me two. God. Give me three. Juice. Juice. <laughs> That's what you hear around the whole school. Juice. Well, I love how you didn't ask your mom permission to sell weed, but you asked her about candy. It was like I was moving up and it only had like an ounce or two of weed, but then I'm like, oh, I'm getting all this candy. It's like having a couple bricks. <laughs> <laughs> I got bricks of candy now. Oh, oh, you hear me? <laughs> so people were walking into your front door. You're using the front yeah, room in your house? Like my mom's front room, boom, we have a Screen door, mm. and then we have a front porch, mm. and then there's another door that goes outside. So we'll just. She didn't like me to have the door open, but I kept the door open to let the people know that they're open. We're they're open. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so they'll walk right into the front porch, and it was actually a blessing because we had bars on this specific window. Mm. So it's like you got to look through the bars. Like imagine this window behind us had yeah. bars on it, yeah. and it's like okay, I want that, 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 and that. All right, three dollars. <laughs> So fucking now I got a legal dope spot going. All legal stuff. So you know, that's how we kept it cracking over there. When when did you realize that well when did you transition from candy into or at least the thought of maybe I should do something else? So how what, old oh. are you at this point? How old are you selling candy out the, the bars of your window of your house? Twenty four. 24. Okay, so you're 24 years 24. old. Selling candy out the front room. Well, you, right. and you stopped selling weed. Right. Stop selling weed. Right. You, you went. I, hold on. I missed them. The main, main, main part that even got me my money for the, the, the candy. Yeah. Excuse me. I never took no weed money and like said, okay, I'm going to make my business off of that. I had a barter. I had my last eighth of weed. Mm. And someone came with $150 in food stamps. I said, look, I'm giving it up and this is it. Like, I'm cool. Mm. Here, you can have that. Let me get that. So then that's when I pray, like, Lord, what am I going to do with these food stamps? Like, I need something better to do in my life. Oh, and that's shit. when the whole candy house thing came. So the $150 from the barter started my business. No way. $150 food stamps for all that candy. So you took, you took an EBT card with 150 on it, and that's how you bought your candy for your store. And it's never tight. looked back. So then <laughs> we'll fast forward, say... Three months down the line. So now I'm down the street with a couple buddies. We chilling out. You feel me? Doing us. Yeah. yeah. And out the blue, another fat joke come apart. It's like, Sabam, you down there selling candy. 
you might as well start selling tacos. And they laughed about it. So I'm like, man, fuck y'all. Like, y'all always got something smart to say. Like, man. I'm like, nah. He's like, they like, nah, you stupid, Sam. I'm mean, like, you'll kill them, fool. Like, sell tacos. Not how the Hispanics sell them the little baby shells with cilantro and onions. He's like, nah. Sell them how your mama make them, fool. Like with lettuce, tomatoes, uh, cheese, sour cream, all the shit. I'm like, that's a good idea. So I capitalized on the joke. They said that one Friday. I tried it one Tuesday. <laughs> it was a success. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. The first day I made 50 bucks. So I look like 50? Ooh. Bounce it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm finna blow this up. They don't even know it. So, boom, I try it again the following week. I made 72 bucks. I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay on it. So I tried it again. You know, I, it was going up, going up. Then it went down a little bit. So then one morning, like 3, 4 in the morning, the name All Flavor No Grease just popped in my brain. Boom. I woke up. I'm like, All Flavor No Grease. All Flavor No Grease. So I'll go jet to the back room, tell my mom, Mom, wake up. I'm like, All Flavor No Grease. She was like, that's catchy. So I'm walking around the neighborhood all day, all flavor, no grease, all flavor, no grease. Telling all my homies, friends, everybody, all flavor, no grease. What the hell is that? I'm like, you go see, all flavor, no grease. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to just saying and saying and saying it so I could memorize the name. So then I was inspired to make an Instagram page. Mm. Only promote three things, food, God, and positivity. Mm. I'm like, simple. Food, get a nice camera phone, take good angle pictures, that's simple. I'm like, promote God. I'm like, I go to church every Sunday. That's simple. Picture of me with a little inspirational text. I'm like, now, positivity. How will I promote that? Hmm. I'll reach out to all different genres of life. White people, Asian people, rappers, doctors, lawyers, politicians. And I don't want nothing from nobody. I just want you to come try the food and tell me that it's good. And then bring your homies next time and come keep it going. Yeah. And. That's what I did. Tagged a lot of people, start reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, and then shit. Slowly but surely, the followers grew. Damn. For real. And this is just in your front yard. And my mama. And look, I started from the kitchen. Mm. So then the kitchen was like getting I was going to ask. You are just using your own kitchen in the back. And my mama kitchen. She was mm. like, Sammy, you got to get out of here. I'm just, damn, where am I going? <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Went to the front yard. <laughs> Bought me a little bitty grill. Now I'm hunched over trying to make a shrimp taco, steak taco. So then I'm like, okay, I'm making a couple dollars. Buy a little bigger grill. Boom, I buy a regular little. I'm just, okay, I got it going now. You feel me? Just like yeah. the dope game going up. You feel me? You leveling up. <laughs> feel me? So then I get me a little carpet for the outside area. Now I got me a canopy. Now I got the four side tent. Now you got a baby restaurant in the front yeah. yard. So now you got... Foodies coming over who you're not even knowing who's foodies. Huh. Oh, we heard about. Oh, we heard about. And then they come. Boom. Now they post you and tag you. Oh, they got 10,000. Oh, they got 50,000. Oh, they got a 40,000. So now you looking up overnight. You say, your numbers just do, 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 Damn. Follow, 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 follow. Where are these people coming from? So then you reach your 10K mark. Mm. Now you got people coming out. Keith, can we do an interview with you in front of your home? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 10K, is 10K the mark? 10K was the mark. As soon yeah. as it hit 10K, that's when interviews started. Yeah. And shit, it went uphill from there. And it's still rising. We still grinding every day. So how long? How, okay, so <coughs> you were just serving tacos at the time? Tacos and burritos? No. Or just tacos? And when did it become? Well, because here's the everyone thing. Everyone knows here's you the thing. for quesadillas. Everyone now knows you for quesadillas. But at that time when you were starting up, 
there's a lot of places in LA you can get tacos. True. Yeah. There's less people. There's less places on the top of the dome where people are like, get a quesadilla. There's right. just less. There's just less. And so was that was that a strategy or was that something where you just made a quesadilla and that's just what started selling when when you were hawking them on the block? No. Nah, now that I know what time it is, I seen a chicken quesadilla in my dream as well. <laughs> I love how it all just comes into yeah, dreams. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but seriously. Yeah? 100%. You saw a chicken quesadilla in your dreams. So I'm in the front. <clears throat> I had to thank you, God. It's crazy. I had that big taco shell. The one I use now, the same yeah. Diana's one. Yeah, yeah. So I got tired of making a little taco. I'm like, I want to do something different. So I said, fuck it. I'll make the big taco, and I'll sell it for five bucks. So I was cheesing it down, put all the same ingredients on the inside, and I'll just sell that one big 12-inch taco shell for five bucks. So one day, I had it sitting on my little grill, and my obnoxious friends were using more fat jokes, you know? <laughs> and at this time, I had bought me a cleaver. And while they were making their jokes or whatever, I'm like, I was getting irritated. So I'm like, y'all need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and when I said that, I chopped down the big taco into the form that I seen in my dream. Oh. Into the quesadilla. So I looked like, what? I'm like, nah. Because the first thing came back to my brain was the dream. So I'm like, nah, never. Like, I know this just didn't happen. So I'm looking like I'm trying to tell my friends, like, 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 nigga, look. Like, I did it. Like, look. This is what I see. they like, ah, you done fucked up. You got to make another one. Ah, that's what you get. But then I'm thinking like, no, nah, y'all don't see the big picture. So now I tried it again. I messed up. I tried it again. I messed up. I'm like, how did I? I tried to do it wild again. I messed up. I'm like, how did I do that? Kept practicing. Kept practicing. Now they call me the Quesadilla legend with a signature cut all over the world. And that signature cut, if you if you follow this man on, on Instagram, if you've been to his yard, if you've been to the events that he's been at, if you've yeah. seen him on a flat top, it's a cast iron flat top, and the guy has uh what's it what's it called? It's like not a knife. It's, it's a cleaver. A, a, cle- yeah, it's, he's yeah. got a cleaver. And he's literally like, you hear it. You hear the whack, 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 whack. Well, see, and that's your quesadilla. They said it sounds like an AK-47. <laughs> they said when I'm catering and I got over 10 quesadillas on a grill, it sounds like an AK. I said, how? I said, blah, 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 blah. I'm just out of love it. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what it's like. It's not the cheese pulls that like crack off for you on Instagram. It's the idea of like you see the quesadilla in whole and then you see the chop, 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 chop. I never actually thought about it till right now that the action that people satiate is over and like, like, oh shit, I don't know why I'm watching this video over and over and over and giving it all these plays. It's because dude is chopping it. He's chopping it and he's taking it's like it's this weird care. It's like perfectly cut every freaking time. Like, <laughs> If you got, there's no video running right now. It's probably on his. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so after that dream, after you tried to cleaver your friends, but you end up hitting your your the big shell taco. Is the quesadilla hit? Boom. Like, Signature dish. As soon as as soon as soon as you put it out on the menu, people just want it. Yes, especially after they came. They the influencers. Mm. And was like, oh, my God, we've never seen nothing like this. What made you come up with it? And once they hear that it literally came in a dream, they like, no way. Like, no way. Hi, shout out Michi Blue <laughs> through the whole thing, though. Yeah, how you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, but, like, they, they're mesmerized by it. And it's like, Keith, you are so amazing. How did you? It was a dream. Mm. I was inspired. 
So how how was it like? You're talking about influencers. Um, who was who was buying your quesadillas and tacos at first in your neighborhood? And then tell me what it's like seeing influencers and can you spot them? Are they doing things that you, you said they were taking pictures? So is that like your friends and the people in your community, were they not taking pictures or what's the deal? Tell me about the people, the new people that were starting to come to your house to have all this food. The beginning of the rise. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I don't want to use the word stripper. I'll say exotic dancer by the name of Shay Brown. Very good friend of mine. Very, mm-hmm. very, very good friend. And she actually had 69,000 followers. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. And she came through. She got her a chicken and shrimp quesadilla, mm-hmm. and she posted it right there. And that was really like the start of my rise right there. Mm. Like I seen the I, my, my followers went from about 5,000 to at least about 13, 14K. With her post. With her post. Wow. She was like, y'all need to pull up on 108 to come try this bomb ass quesadilla. Mm-hmm. And once it passed the 10K mark, like I said, mm. that was when the rest of the people started coming. Now, as far as being able to identify them when they come, mm. hell no. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Plain Jane. Plain Jane. Mm. But this plain Jane walking up with 450000 This plain Jane walking up with 700000 Verify. Right. This plain Jane walking up with another 70000 <laughs> Verify. But they're like, Keith, what's cracking? You'll never know. But me just being me, I'm hitting them with, oh, what's up, my people? Yeah. Hey, my boy, check it out. And the way I embrace them when they come to the Doesn't hood. matter who it is. No, I don't care who you it is. Know. It could be your mama's mama. Mm. I'm going to embrace them the same way. Mm. You know, and it's like they love that part so much because they're like, I don't know this man from a can of paint. I'm right here in the dead smack middle of the hood. And he act like he my cousin. You mm. are my cousin. Mm. You hear me? And shit. That's how I be so cool. There, there's a positivity yeah. about you, Keith. And- You'll see that if you follow him on Instagram. But I remember that exact feeling mm. when I walked up at his booth at Oozfest. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I was fourth person in line. And this guy, like, dabbed me up like we, we'd met before. <laughs> like, you know, and was just like, you know, asked me how, what I wanted to order. And the way you would ask me, like, what do you want to eat? I'm at your house. Yeah. Right? And I think that that level of personal and hospitality from someone that i had never met before was contagious yeah because it was just like of course i want to eat this food because i want to like i want to watch this guy cook and i want to sit and talk with him in addition to it here and then oh shit this quesadilla is fire (laughs) (laughs) but i also just want to kick it with this guy who's making them and and that was i don't know there's something about your personality that's just so contagious that thank you thank you it's no surprise to me that you're successful when you just walk up and feel that energy. There's an energy you get around people and you're like, that that well, person's doing something. Well, not to cut you off, but that energy that I have, it's a, it's a couple of female artists, Mary Mary, and it's a song that they have that says, the God in me. And that's exactly what it is. You don't have to walk around on the streets being holier than thou with your Bible, you know, pushing your religion or your beliefs. You know, you have to be a Christian. You have to be a Muslim. You have to be. No, you don't have to. It's the walk that you walk Mm. every day. And by you practicing the practices of what you're learning, that's all you do is apply them to life. Mm. 
then that energy will, you know, come back to you. So, hey, of course, you walk around, don't kill people, don't steal from people, you feel me? Don't sleep with someone else's wife, you feel me? Don't try to act like you're better than, don't walk around loving on yourself so much like you just got a big ass head. No, you be cool, you idiot. <laughs> and when you be cool and kick back and calm and collective, you don't even know that you're sitting up under millionaires and billionaires because they're acting just like you right about now. Opposed to you trying to have a big ass head and now you're surrounded by a table full of broke motherfuckers where they ain't having nothing and everybody just got a gang of ideas. Yeah. Feel me? So it's all in who you are. Mm. So I figure you be a nice, cool, peculiar person, Keith. You treat people how you want to be treated, mm. life will treat you great. Yeah. That's what my mom taught me. That's what my church has taught me. And that's why I guess I'm kind of winning right now because <laughs> I just treat people how I want to be treated. Yeah. That's how and you, you want, you. I want people to come to your booth. For example, Ooze Fest, the first time I had it a couple years ago. Like, I want people to come to your booth, not just for the quesadilla. Like, come here because you're going to have a smile on your face. <laughs> like, because it was our festival. So, like, I want people not just to talk about good food, but, like, the strongest advertising anyone could ever have is emotion. It's not. I agree. Right? Like, you could even have mediocre food. But if you had the most balling time ever having it, like, that's the strongest thing you can use in advertising. So like I knew if I brought 10 people to Keith's booth, those 10 people are going to not just love Keith. They're going to love Oozfest. They're going to remember the smile. They laughed a little bit. They're getting dinner and a show. <laughs> okay. So I don't want to harp on this part because I think this story has been covered. And I think people should understand a little bit about the neighborhood that you grew up in and you kind of set up shop in because I think it's probably going to create a little funny understanding of people walking up to a front yard in Watts. Like for someone who's never done that what what is Watts? What is the neighborhood you grew up in and and how did that affect the business that you opened? I hope y'all heard that question too. You hear me? Watts. <clears throat> Watts is a city, small city inside of a very large city, Los Angeles. And inside of a very smaller section of South Central Los Angeles. And that's basically the ghetto. Poverty. Throw me the lowest of the low when you talk about Los Angeles. So when you think about Watts, you just don't think positive. I mm. won't say you just automatically think negative. You just don't think positive. Mm. So when it comes to rising and making it out of there, the steps that you have to take, the things that you have to go through, it's like it'll, it'll, it'll thicken up your skin. Mm. That's what it will do. I, I heard fat jokes forever, slander forever, and it's like, it's funny. For the last two days, I was just telling somebody this one specific thing. They used to hit me with, your fat ass going to be dealing with food your whole life. And that was a slander. But I look at it now like, damn, I got a food truck. I got my own like restaurant downtown 4th Street. Mm. Me, Taco Mel, and Blue Kitchen, we got a surprise coming up next month mm. for the streets. Like I'm like, I am going to be messing with food my whole life. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to see my first M's off food. Mm. So it's like when you're going through it, 
That's the struggle mm-hmm. from when it first starts, the way you have to endure so much. You don't know what's coming up ahead 20 mm-hmm. years later, 15 years later. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think it was my spiritual side that helped me so much growing up because I knew I couldn't go talk to a lot of people because they'll, they they really couldn't relate. I'm just like low-key, fat, little musty kid. So it's like, how can y'all feel my pain? Y'all tight. What I mean tight. Y'all got nice clothes. You're coming to school smelling good. Fresh this, fresh that, fresh this, fresh that. Mm. Nah, for me, hand-me-downs. Family, you got to get what you could get, however you could get it. No name brand stuff. None of this. None of this. All this bling, all these Yeezy. No. No. And that's another thing that keeps me grounded. That makes me remain humble because I just think back then so fast. I was getting pissed because I couldn't find a picture and it got me emotional from 10 years ago because I didn't have no confidence or self-esteem 10 years ago to even want to take a picture. So I can't even do a 10-year challenge. Oh, fuck that 10-year challenge, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so dumb. But it's so dope because I could look back 10 years ago, 2009, where I didn't know what I was finna do. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. I didn't know a taco or quesadilla was coming apart nowhere. Mm. And then to look now in 2019, oh, man. That's a cold 10 years, cold 10 years. And it happened from right there. Then watch everything started from right there. That was my roots right there. 108th and central. So what point can you take the success and the people that are coming to your house into the next step? How do you get a food truck? Cause that's, was that the next, or was there something in between? Yeah. From the front yard, we actually got shut down. From an asshole cop who what was happened? Mad. Oh man, he seen how cracking it was. We got 60 people, 70 people, single file line going down 108th Street, waiting patiently. The whole middle uh uh emergency lane of 108th bumper to bumper, uh-huh. as well as all the parking. And hey, you gotta shut that shit down. You gotta get these people. I'm like, man, I'm man, they just waiting for some food. Go to the projects or something where somebody doing something. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. want food real quick. Yeah. So they're like, if you don't shut it down, I'm going to shut it down. I'm just, no, you're not. So he was the police. He exercised his authority. This gentleman on 108th Street does not have a legitimate kitchen in his front yard, and he's vending food illegally. Mm. So that's going to legitimately get me shut down. Yeah. So the health department sent out papers immediately, cease and desist operation immediately till you come down and talk to us. So, boom, I go down there about two weeks later. I go holler at him. I'm nervous at a big-ass table like this, scared straight. One African guy, one Hispanic lady. I'm like, oh, I'm going down. I'm, get a I'm like, they better give me a fine for about 5000 real quick. Fuck, I don't got a doubt. So, the lady sees me over here just steady, just. Her footsteps. Mine. Yours. <laughs> Who couldn't stop. Oh, just, she, touched, she said, calm down. And then right then, I really felt the whole calm, just calmness. I calmed down. She said, just tell the story. So I said, all right. I told the story. A to Z, what happened? So then the African guy said, you know what, Mr. Garrett? I said, what is that? He said, I was looking to shut you down and give you a fine. He said, if I seen one bad review on your Yelp page, so I'm like, fuck, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so over with, 5,000 is coming out of my account in a minute. He said, but I found one review only. Only one by review and it's good. I said, what? 
Long lines. That is correct. Your lines are too long. He said, but business is dread for that. So I have to help you get the food truck. And he took me down to the spot where I'm leasing my food trucks from now. A.A. Catering, Slauson mm-hmm. McKinley, from the same guy they introduced me to, Jesus Pano. And shit, I ain't looked back since then. Damn. Promise so, you. So in that way, is it almost the cop? That shut you down. Because health wasn't coming after you, right? Nope. Health was, department it, was the homies. They was in my corner. They been following me. They was following me, LAPD, 77 Station, 108 Station. They been to what's up. Mm. Like I said, I was on the same street selling weed. So mm. when they seen the transition from weed to food, they like, all right, he ain't doing nothing wrong no more. Let yeah, him be. Yeah. It's only for about four or five hours a day anyway. He yeah. say he sold out just that fast. So, you, so But it's, it's almost a blessing in disguise, right? Because... You're nervous in the health health department. You think they're gonna slam you with a bill for five thousand dollars of right. money that you may or may not have. Right. And then on top of that, they're making your introduction to the people you still work with for your truck. Three years later. That's crazy. So, it was actually a it was it, like you said a blessing in disguise because I was content with standing in that front yard and God seemed bigger and better for me mm-hmm. as we can all see now. Yeah. So it's like I was really cool there. Making my little couple dollars You're in the neighborhood. I'm straight. I'm straight. What I got to leave for? Ain't nothing broke. Why are you trying to fix it? You got to. It got broken because it's way bigger, way more. You thinking you just supposed to supply watts. No. This is way bigger than that, brother love. Uh-huh. So I'm ready for it. Okay, so you get the truck. Thank you to that cop, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout out to the pawpaws, though, huh? <laughs> you, you rarely hear people say that. Shout out to the pawpaws. <laughs> Uh, so you get you get shut down, but now you get a truck. How how easy is getting that truck? And then where do you go with the truck? Do you go right back to your street? Like, do you now have to figure out what the hell you do with a truck? I immediately went back to my street. Okay. Just so that cop can see. <laughs> you didn't shut down nothing, boy. And that's on the real. The party must go on. He did that January 2nd. He did that January. January. Right in the new year? Oh, shit. Did you realize that? I, it tripped on me because I just tripped. That was media day, January 2nd, right. for, one, for the grand opening at 4th Street. Guys, he literally just, just, just opened just come, up that restaurant a couple days ago. Oh, my God. That's it's wild. just crazy how things just coming together. Yeah. And I was shut down till April of that year. Mm. And that's when I got my food truck, April. April 5th, I think it was. Oh, shit. So you were shut down for a while. Yeah. But, I mean, there's I was a transition. You got to figure all that stuff out. You didn't go. You didn't. They gave you the truck or you made the connection to start working on it. You don't just get a truck. You got to get it wrapped. You got to do all that. Right, all that right, jazz. right, right. But so, but you're you're not selling anything for what? January, February, March, April. I can't math. For six months? months? Four, months? four months? Four months. So Only did, thing I was doing was catering gigs and I'm, mm. I'm gonna say within that four months i had maybe four four, four five. okay and all of them weren't even like big gigs where you say okay he was able to stack up without no because mm. mm-hmm. so that truck started three was it 2016 2015 16 because that's really interesting because starting a truck is no easy feat in 2016 it wasn't like you were starting a truck in 2009 and 2010 where we were peak food truck movement yeah food trucks is not an easy business at least from the from the people that we talk to so what was it like then transitioning because now you got to think 
about the truck, about truck maintenance, about where you're stopping. Like what were the hurdles and obstacles to then make money off the truck? I was a gangster. <laughs> Y'all probably want like, damn, that was a little harsh. Keep what do you mean? I got, well, I got to shoot you straight. I have no well, idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant by I was a gangster was I wasn't scared to go test the water. Okay. I wasn't scared to go to different cities, different areas until they kicked me out. So it was everything was trial and error. And a lot of people in the food game was looking like, where's our flavor going to go first before I get my food truck and go there too? So it's like I was just testing the water. I mm. didn't care. This is what I seen. This is what I visualized. Get a food truck and travel all over. Mm. I mean, shit, I can't go right to the south right now. So, hey, I'll travel all south Los Angeles, all southern California. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm doing. What was the weirdest day or weirdest revelation with the truck? Like, cause you never run a truck before. You're the, saying you're doing a lot of it yourself. The Most first day I ever went to Riverside. Okay. I went to River. I went to Europa Valley, and that was the first time I ever seen like, probably like 85 people just standing there waiting for me because I told them I was coming mm-hmm. in a single foul line, and just to watch them wait for about four hours, five hours Jeez. just for a quesadilla was crazy to me and then to backdoor it that was inland empire mm-hmm. then we go to antelope valley in lancaster they did damn near the same thing damn. so it's right and that's the only thing you think you say damn because it's like all right i got work to do but then it's like thank you lord for the business let's get to work now right let's pray as a team boom we know what we need to do let's go buzz down so you just you you post up on instagram i'm gonna be here and 85 people showed up that's insane what what goes through your mind? You're thankful. Are you nervous? You have 85 people. I mean, you were serving that amount at your house, but like, are you nervous? Like, what do you, what goes through your mind? I would be terrified as like a restaurant. That's why I don't own a restaurant because that many people will give me mad anxiety. But if I knew people were waiting four hours for a quesadilla after probably driving potentially an hour or two to come get your quesadilla, which I'm sure a lot of people were, like, are you nervous? How do you keep the energy in the line the way you had energy maybe outside of your house in those early days of finding truck stops in Riverside? Bro, I promise you, I think of, what was that? Two words, game time. Literally. Different mindset. Like, it's a straight transition from Sammy, which my middle name Samuel, you know. If I go from Sammy to Keith Garrett real quick. Hey, guys, how's it going? How are you? Great. Glad you came out. Hope you're ready to enjoy this food. As you see, we have a big-ass line. So I'm going to get in there, you know, shake everybody's hand, high five, and I'm going to get your food out fast as I can. All right? Hey, thank you, Keith. Let's go to work now. What are we talking for? Mm. It's business at the end of the day. They get the show through social media. Mm. That's the show. Now it's time to take care of business. You say hi, take your pictures, give hugs, high fives, get to work. You you mentioned you mentioned when you did an interview with with First Free Feast that you want to do five trucks in five years. You mentioned on Steve Harvey, thirty five to forty trucks, right? After being in the food truck game now, you know for for two to three years, is that something where you still see that as? A possibility to expand specifically with food trucks because also we're you know we're seeing you step into a brick and mortar now too in santa Ana. i'm just curious is was a food truck food truck 
the way to get to the next place in your career? Or do you see it as I'm going to expand with food trucks in different places now in 2019? Great question. I feel it was a great stepping stone for me. Great. And would I do another food truck? Absolutely, I would. Do I think I want 35, 40 of them? No, I don't. Now, what I will say is I'm starting to learn more about and I want to continue to learn more about franchising. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm totally with that. We could put a building anywhere mm-hmm. and let's get some some uh, some silent checks coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. That's, that's yeah. taking care of business. And that's what I've learned. It's like food trucks, a lot more maintenance. Mm-hmm. You like you damn near paying almost the same overhead, if not a little bit more because of gas, propane and this and that. And it's like you always got a head scratcher for a food truck. Is it a great source of uh, like a great money getter? Yeah, especially if you got cracking spots that you're about to go to. Yeah, but it's a lot of shit that comes along. It's not easy at all, mm. especially when you don't own one. And mm. then it gets even worse when you do own a food truck because then you're liable for everything. Mm. Everything. Motor go out on you. Generator go out on you. Solar panels go out on you. So when you lease it, it's like a double-edged sword. So if you lease it, you can hit someone up about it. It'll fix, now call fix the owner. Motor. Yeah. The owner, that's his job now. That's his truck. I'm just leasing it. But now you're paying a high lease where if you own it, you own it outright. You're not hopefully not paying too much on that month-to-month. But your motor breaks, that's on you. Now that's about 10, 12 grand out of your pocket. Yeah. So it's like I've, I've been learning. Mm-hmm. I've been learning along the journey. And i only been in the brick and mortar for a week. Mm-hmm. However, I've been playing in them throughout my career. Did some pop-ups, I think? Yeah, or just yeah. little different pop-ups. And then just by me having my own now, it kind of just puts me in a different mind state. What did you like about those pop-ups? I, I don't remember where, forgive me, but like in 2018, you had a pop-up somewhere. Did you? What did you like about it that you're like, you know what, 2019, I'm opening up another restaurant. It's in Santa Ana. Come very far away for for people in California. It's far away. It's an it's an hour or two away from Watts. Yeah. Um. What What did you like about it? You're like, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. First off, for the travel, it made me feel like I made it. Mm-hmm. Like you reached another level of success. You went to another level of life. So it's like for you to have a fan base out this far. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So did I think that my first restaurant would be here? No. When the opportunity was presented, did I hop on it? Of course I did. This was the first place that gave me my biggest viral video. Mm. My followers jumped from 30 to 90,000 from Full Beast. You feel me? And from, and from, uh, from and the first Ooze Fest. Yeah. When they came out, those pretty young ladies came out and did the videos. I'll never forget that though. I won't ever forget that. Thirty to ninety thousand. Come on, bro. You 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 took me over over the hump. That's what's up. So it's like I'm so grateful for the communities that accept me for who I am and for the lane that I'm in. Because believe it or not, the stereotype still comes, even till today. They'll walk past, you know, you see a black man making Mexican food. And then the first thing you go think when you see a black man in the kitchen is soul food. Mm. So that's the first thing you want to say you walk past. Oh, I thought this was soul food in here. And then you walk off. So it's like you have to remain with that thick skin no matter what. Because it's like it won't ever stop. 
Will it get better? Yes. But will it stop? Different levels to it. Because now they're waiting for you to crack. Now they're trying to decipher the two. Are you a black man or are you a nigga? If you're a nigga, you're going to get ignorant. Excuse my French. And respond way differently than a black man who's going to think about the situation. Mm-hmm. Feel me? And you're going to go about it totally different. So I could have took it totally negative when he said, oh, my God, I thought you had soul food here and walked off looking crazy. But no, no, sir, we don't. We have tacos, burritos, and quesadillas. Thanks for stopping by. Have an excellent day. That separates the two right there. So it's like I don't mind hearing certain stuff like that because I don't heard way worse comments and jokes and slanders than that. So it's about separating the two. We had a we had a podcast last week with uh, with Jed, who's the owner of the Loop Churros, and we had a pretty crazy conversation about he's a Filipino American making churros, which at least in Los Angeles leans more Hispanic, Latino, Chicano. And the flack that he gets on social media when there's a video of him and his employees and they're Asian and they're making churros. Is that something as a black man making quesadillas? Is that something that you've experienced a lot too? And people maybe misunderstanding your food and what you're doing uh, just because of race. And is that something that you've had to overcome? hundred percent. And it, it used to take a toll on me. It used to get me discouraged. It saddened me, but I looked at it one way at the end of the day. I said, are they signing your check? (laughs) (laughs) I said, no. So then I said, one other thing. I said, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) For a middle finger. Yeah, that was a fat middle finger. A fat one. Like, and I'm like, all right, so. Go continue to get your money. Mm. Bro, they talked about Jesus. <laughs> they they crucified the man for wanting to do right. They're going to talk about you till you die. Mm. So what? Go get your money. That's what I do every day. When you had to, when you had to grow, well, did you want to stick on this at all? I mean, I just think that's cool because the idea of the, like, first of all, the word authenticity is like so ugly right now. Overrated. It is overrated because like the idea is tacos is something you grew up with. Like you didn't pick it out of thin air. It was, I mean, it came out of a dream, but like (laughs) your mom had cooked it for you. You weren't, you're not touting, hey, Come through for the most authentic right. Mexican tacos right. in the world. You're coming man. through I for love him. You're coming through for Keith Garrett's all flavor, no grease, quesadillas the way my mom did it. And he's not saying his mom was making authentic quesadillas. He's just making dope ass food. There's an environment, there's a brand, and that's what he was selling. And I would be afraid and remiss if we didn't have a world where your quesadillas exist and your brand of humor, your brand of positivity exists the way that I would be remiss if we didn't have Jed from the Loops Churros and their creativity. This this just came to me. And it's crazy. That's how I know it's divine. The quesadilla game wouldn't have, I'm talking about till today. We don't know what the future holds. But from when I first got in till now, 
the quesadilla game wouldn't have ever been observed this hard if it wasn't for me. I think you're right. That's fair. And especially the over-the-top form of a quesadilla. Because all growing up, the quesadillas that I experienced, right, the ones that your mom made, the ones that in college you made for yourself, mm. right? You threw some shredded cheese. If you're lucky, you had a protein. It was something pretty thin, pretty flimsy, and while delicious... When you experience a Keith quesadilla, bro, that shit is girthy. Yeah. It's, it's wet. It it like has tons of sauce, crazy amounts of cheese. You know, it's just a it's a quesadilla that I never experienced. And so, do I want? Would I rather have someone, no matter the race, innovate? Heck yeah, I would. And that's the message of our last podcast too. Like, whoever you are, make whatever you want. Just don't. Just don't label it things that it's not. And I've never heard my man Keith over here say, yo, come get these Mexican quesadillas that I slang. No, come get the quesadillas that I make because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys are just so great. <laughs> like, I never heard nobody really like just feel me. Y'all felt me. Y'all feel me. It never was to ever step on nobody's toes. That's just like my boy Johnny. Who's Johnny? Howling Rays. Okay. He oh, has, okay. Thank you. Yeah. He got collard greens in there. He got fried chicken. You think of collard greens and fried chicken, think who made it? No one's crucifying him. Come on now. And he got it rolling downtown in, uh, in, in Chinatown. Two-hour waits every single day. <laughs> thank God I know him. I'm calling in. Johnny, I'm coming. <laughs> hey, Keith, what's going on? What do you need? I'm coming. I don't know. Just give me two chicken sandwiches, please, on the fly. Very mild. That shit is hot, that Nashville chicken. Oh, my God. Man, don't worry about it. Man, give me about 30 minutes. Hey, guys, all flavor, no grease is coming through in a minute. Yeah! You love it. You love it. I love Johnny. But like I said, and my uh, stereotype of him for making fried chicken quarters, for selling chicken strips, Hell no. You over there eating, Johnny. I'm your man. <laughs> I'm coming to party and eat with you too, buddy. It was so great. We just did um Complex Con. Yeah. And it was epic. Big, 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 big event. Yeah. It was three spots cracking. It was about 20 food vendors, maybe even 30 of them. Three of them cracking. It was a Wagyu burger spot. Mm. Can never remember the name of it. They had a flower on the burger, very colorful box, beautiful, mm. beautiful. Was it good? It was a beautiful burger. <laughs> on <laughs> to the next. Okay, on on the to the next. Howling Rays, lying outside cracking. this world, cracking, cracking, mm. cracking. That merch cracking. is fire too. Yeah, yeah. What dope? Yeah. There you had all flavor, no grease. <laughs> lying, <laughs> stupid. Was it a cracking tent looking good like Johnny's in my Wagyu spot? No, it wasn't. But the product, the charisma, the whole experience of all flavor was there. And it showed we all had it cracking. You feel me? Yeah. And I got Mexican food. He got a black person food. And you have agents over here making big ass hamburgers. <laughs> Come on now. You can't put no label on nobody. For real, for real. And everybody's eating. Everybody eats. It ain't hard. And that complex con is like a great melding of cultures too. It's like every race possible in there, enjoying every element of culture, streetwear, food. I love that's a great that's Dope. a great it's great that you guys did that. There's a lot of similarities just in terms of the energy between you and Howlin' Race. 
Like I see it. Like you go in there the way that you you walk up to wherever you're serving food. Now you can do it at Fourth Street Market. You get the the dab that Jeff's talking about. You get the just the energy, and then you go to Howl Ray's. Same shit. You waited two hours, but then once you're inside, what? Every last person is, is like, excited to see. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. What do you want? Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you for waiting. Here's some extra mashed potatoes. Here's some extra right, mac and cheese. Right. We right. got you. We got you. Like, what's your name? They want to know your name so they can shout it out. And everyone like, Oh my God. He ordered four sandwiches. Amazing. Please. <laughs> Come back, we love you, blah, blah, Like, there's a lot of similarities Seriously. in that energy. Um, and it's all coming out of these, like, one unique spots. Like, Howlin' Rays didn't, like, go beyond their means and do really, like, no, this is a cracking spot. We're going to own this for a while. It's really cool. It's That's really crazy cool. because I, can, I agree. Because the amount, I'm trying to think of the times where when we, when we cover spots, people are super thankful. And we've been very gracious to get a lot of appreciation over the years. But what I felt when when Keith came up to me not knowing who I was, I wasn't wearing a food beast shirt. I wasn't going, yo, Keith, what's up? I'm food beast to like try to like to make the relationship from scratch. He just was being nice to a customer. Yeah. And in the same way, when when we were at Howlin' filming and there's eight guys on the line yelling, We got food beast in the house, like there's just like this palpable positive energy that, again, I, I totally agree that both both concepts just I, I don't think I've felt that way any other time. It's one of those things that like makes in and out magical that like people forget, yo, if you just treat people good, it doesn't cost you that much more to just treat someone good. And it comes top down. Like you have to instill that and let your employees know that th- this little thing can ensure you just having one more fun at work. Like right. I can imagine, like I would if I, if I'm going to work at a restaurant, if I'm going to work at fast food, if I'm going to work at In and Out, if possible, if I could laugh a lot more, right. I'll do it. The paycheck is the same. In and Out's cracking. Holy cow! I might quit Foobies. It's one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year to be a, <laughs> a manager, a manager, bro. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, for real. But. Howlin' Rays, it feels like, and, and there's something in the water, something in the owners and the founders, Keith, like you, like, it's oozing out of them, makes you, it makes the two-hour wait palatable, it makes the food, the food has to be good out the other end. But it right. makes the food better. Sure. Right. Because when you got endorphins in your brain, that's like, man, I fucking love to be here. Mm. Just remember the last restaurant you were in that li- you liked the ambiance. Mm. Makes the food better because right. you're fucking stoked to be there. Right, right, And I think right. in the same way, if you're interacting with someone like Keith, you're interacting with someone that's giving you positivity when they don't have to and Thank when you. you don't expect it, mm. it is a brighter part of your day, let alone that quesadilla is fire too. But I think it makes it even a little bit better when you're, when you're smiling while you're eating. Yeah, I'm saying things tick. Like if we're going to – there's a lot of people that also like – either own restaurants or are in PR marketing around restaurants that listen to this podcast. So some of the things are just really simple that we take for granted. Like it doesn't matter how cracking your Instagram is. Right. I know a shit ton mm. of restaurants with cracking Instagrams with no one at the fucking counter. Like it's all about little things like customer service and people. Right. And like customer service isn't being able to give a refund if something isn't proper. Like right. that should be a given. It's, Upon ordering, making people feel welcome with the smile. The best like rehab is the prehab. Like before you want to understand like, yo, like 
there's just restaurants that imagine going to a restaurant paying like fifty dollars for a dish and being berated about it. Like right. that that's why like fine dining needs to have a certain level of customer service because you're also paying a heavy ticket for it. So like are you giving me a look because I'm ordering something off of your goddamn menu? Right. <laughs> Yo, let me live a little bit. Like, because like, I didn't pronounce it right? Teach me. Like, I'm out of my element already <laughs> yeah, paying I'm, this I'm amount of money. I'm trying to right, be a customer. Look at me crazy. Yeah. But you're going to, like, look at me like, so I'll never come again? No right. matter how good the food is, yeah. if you treat me like shit just because I don't know, yeah. like, educate me. That's why, like, steakhouses in Philly can get away with it. Because, like, they're kind of mean. You ever order, like, <laughs> yo, can I get a cheesesteak? I think, do I say whiz? Do I say <laughs> And they're like, get the fucking back in the line. It, it's okay because the cheesesteak is six bucks. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm, right. not, I'm not going out of pocket. It's kind of part of the culture. But, like, dude, to go to, like, pretentious places, even, like, pretentious fast casual places that want to charge you, like, 13, 14, 15 bucks for a burger, but you can potentially order it wrong person standing taking your orders kind of pissed off or like wishes they weren't at this job and wishes they were working the supreme store being pissed over there like <laughs> all that shit adds up like it doesn't matter how cracking your instagram is or how good your pr team if people come to your restaurant and they're not happy or feel like shit the worst case they're not going they're to not come back. back it's crazy because i can remember back uh me and my girlfriend had went to mastro's for her was it my birthday or hers and we went to the one in Palm Springs. Mm. And when we walked in, <clears throat> we're fit for the occasion. We both, you know, we're dressed up, happy. And when I tripped, I said, damn, baby, they ain't came and gave us no bread. Only dropped the water down. It's already been like 45 minutes. But we're watching people literally right around us get served, get their orders taken. And it's not, the, the spot isn't even jumping like that. Mm. So I'm like, I asked the guy, I'm like, excuse me, sir. We haven't had a server come over and say anything to us. He just, okay, they'll be over. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Got right up and left. Straight up. And and it was it was so weak to say that we literally were the only African Americans in there. And I'm like, damn, this would happen. Like, well, like, you know, so just coincidental yeah. in Palm Springs at a fine dining five star feel me? Yeah. Steakhouse. Yeah. And then we get treated like that too. I'm like, that's weak. Yeah, so it's, it's just like you said, it's all in how you feel when you go get your food. Yeah. Because like you said, it could cost a bank. But if you feel good paying that bank, you're going to go back. Like, that was the best $85 case of the I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You've, you've gotten tons of coverage and built an IG following seemingly because of your food and because of your personality. We, we talked to a lot of business owners on this pod the amount of hats they have to wear in their own company from leader, trainer, media personality, the guy who posts on social, the actual chef. In a small organization like yours, how many hats are you wearing right now? Oh, shit. (laughs) A lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like because then you think it's like yeah you have assistance with your your social media and your marketing now marketing now excuse me yeah you have assistance with your food truck you feel me yeah you have assistance with the restaurant right here but when you look at it all in all your assistance and everybody that's helping is going to come back and ask her to who or come back and depend on who 
Who's it's not, back, the, it's not like, the engine. Like you're right. It's like your back is against the wall at the end of the day about everything. Mm. Like, okay, you could come with a great idea and then you got five great ideas. But then once you get to that point to like, okay, we're still at the problem. But now it's what are we gonna do, <laughs> Keith? <laughs> right. And that's where the pressure comes because I haven't went to school for it. Mm. Everything has been on trial and error. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've been learning has been trial and error. And it's cool, but as you elevate, it's certain things that you don't know that you really don't want to make that mistake. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. So this, what's what's unique to see as a fan of of yours and of of your restaurant is this year is the first time where I can see your truck moving. I know there's a there's a there's a location for your truck. At the same time, your restaurant's open. So that's I feel like that might be the first time where you got to understand how you can be in two places at once. And you're saying you you can go to restaurant school, business school, culinary school. You got to figure that out. How do you bring that energy in both? I saw one day you're like, "Yo, we're shut down for training." That's what we're doing today. How how is it right now trying to be in two places at once? It's a bitch because of traffic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> However, the energy level will remain the same. Mm-hmm. I thank God for that, for not letting it go down none. And one is because I'm still enthused by it all. I'm mm-hmm. still happy. I'm still ambitious about it. I'm still excited. It's like it's all new. You got to think. <clears throat> Where I am today, right now, all started from a joke. I think your fat ass should start selling tacos. If you rewind back, it all started from a joke. So, of course, I got to take it serious and take care of all the legal stuff that's going on. But the way I still stay so ambitious about it, I'm like, I'm really popping over a joke right now. Mm-hmm. I got all this shit cracking. Like, every, I'm, in the, I'm the only black man in the room right now. All <laughs> off of a joke. So, it's like, I just think about that. Yeah. And I just think about, okay, how can I enhance it even more? How can it grow or blow up even more? I think about that $50 all the time mm-hmm. and just think about blowing it up. I always been curious about this. When you were peak cracking at your, uh, in front of your house, serving your tacos and quesadillas, and then you were peak cracking on the truck, which one makes more money margin wise? Like, where's the profit? Like, do you, because I, I think people at home, the easy thing to say is like, you know what? Of course, truck makes more money. Of course. But of like, of course, the brick and mortar is going to make more money because people just see it as steps, right? They'll see like, okay, it's front clout. yard, truck, brick and mortar. <clears throat> you guys, you have views. But is it that simple? Because, or was it, is the simplest part of the equation when you were slaying in tacos and quesadillas in front of your house? People paying cash, not worried about rent or people or equipment or leases or anything like that. Was it better then? I'm, I'm, we're just kind of curious from it was like more, cash in your pocket perspective. It was more lucrative then. Hmm. Being in the front yard. I mean, we got to have common sense. There's no fucking overhead. Yeah. Playing. You yeah. want to go fill up a propane tank for two grills. What? $40? Every three or four days, mm-hmm. then you getting it all back on your food. You only want to go spend a couple hundred on food. Then you coming in at the end of the day, counting a couple stacks. Yeah, hell yeah. 
But now it's about <clears throat> leveling up the right way, all the way around. Not just saying like, oh, I want to get in here. Okay, now I'm not going to report no tax shit. Like, of course. Gonna start cut corners. Like, no. For what? If you see something is working, go with the work. Like, for real. Because it's, it's, it's obviously, it's for the economy. You you got food, dummy. Mm. <laughs> you won't ever fall off. You keep it good and you keep good customer service. You straight for life. Mm. It's going to keep going. So, from the front yard to the food truck to the restaurant, <clears throat> I feel the people are looking at it as the proper steps taken. I'm looking at it as the proper steps taken. It's helping me cherish every step and it don't feel like nothing's being handed to me. Like nothing came easy. It's like, okay, you was in the front yard for so long. I had you in the food truck for so long. You played around and tampered around in restaurants. Now I feel you're ready for your own. Mm. So probably the next one, and there'll probably be another strip mall somewhere else in another city or county. We don't know yet. Mm -hmm. But the space, I love the being in one spot. Mm. That's what's going to get you cracking. By you not being a foot race. Of course, the foot race be fun. It'd be cool when you go to different cities and then they come up, show out, you know, like I said, 75, 85 people single. That's cool. But like my boy Taco Mel, he's straight, straight. He been in that same spot right there on Crenshaw. And it's like when we sit back and have our conversations and talk, excuse me, it's like he like, bro, I'm happy I got me a restaurant. So I'm like, Looking in his eye, he never was adamant about getting a food truck. Never. The restaurant cool. The restaurant cool. He's not. He's not really like a outspoken person. So if he say something cool, he really like amped up. Like boy, that's crap. That's <laughs> it, it, it. But he just so down and mild. He just oh, it's cool, bro. Like get you one. Yeah. And shit, I, I can see why. Guaranteed six seven days a week. You know right where the person gonna be. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is Google that location from all over the world. It ain't like you're trying to find the food truck. Yeah. Like I said, it was fun in the beginning, the whole foot race, like I'm a big Pokemon or something. <laughs> but right now, like the truck is closed today. My manager's sick. He just went to the hospital. I'm going to go check on him as soon as I leave here. You feel me? So the truck shut down for the day. However, where can you pull up and still get some AFNG? The 4th Street Market. Bop! <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, till when? Nine o'clock. What time it open? Eleven a.m. Can't beat it. Mm. Can't beat it. Keith, in your opinion, we know we know the dreams are big, and and we know that even more stuff is coming. But have you, as of today in 2019, have you made it? Is every day like you've made it, no matter what happens tomorrow, or? Are there things that you have to make sure happens in your lifetime? That's crazy to think of that. And I won't ever say I made it. Ever. I don't think I will. And <clears throat> the reason why is my boy Edwin Chefy Dub, Honor Grill Fresh. He has a saying that I think we should all apply to our lives in here, every one of us. And that's get better every day. Simple. And as long as you can critique yourself 
and be able to accept <clears throat> constructive criticism. You can't help but get better every day. Why wouldn't you want to? Why would you want to feel like you're perfect? Why would you want to feel like you can't improve in no area? I listen to everybody. I shut up quick just to hear what you got to say. Rather, you going to make yourself look like a fool or are you finna help me? I'll listen quick. But something so small <clears throat> can be so beneficial to life. Just before I came over here today, one of the new employees down there, she was saying, um, I forgot what it was. But I know that my response to her was, it was something about her brother. She was saying, like, no matter what, if a girl or something say to my brother, he called me, I'm going to go da-da-da-da-da. And I just thought about it like, hmm, that is how they used to be. Reckless and crazy, just ready to retaliate, right? But I said, trip this. I said, the next time you want to go react to a situation, just think about two things. Think about what you have to do and think about what you obligate yourself to do. And then apply that to your future. Like as far as the outcome, what'll happen. And trust me, you'll start making a lot more wiser decisions just based on that. Just based on how you're going to have control over your own freedom from your actions. And she said, you know what? She like, damn. She said, I was deep. I said, you just think about it. You going to put yourself in a situation, going to put yourself in jail real quick for something you ain't got nothing to do with, and he still going to end up messing with her? Opposed to you being like, that's your business, brother love. You deal with it. You going to be back with her. I'm gone. For real, for real. This is day one at your store? This was just <laughs> 30 minutes ago. 40, however. That's right, right, just opened. Right before I came in there, she was like, you just don't know, Keith. That just helped me so much. She said, like, for real, for real. She's like, I never, ever looked at it like that. I said, because you always looking at it as defend, defend, defend. How about you just defend yourself? You was born by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm more than likely sure you're going to die that same way. So, Keith, because you're, because you're from Watts, can you help me understand why a McDonald's can't exist in Watts but local can't? Because you you did business in Watts. Um, you now have a truck that goes across Los Angeles. And now opening in Santa Ana. Locals Roy Choi's restaurant. My for those dog. At home. Shout out Roy. Yeah, yeah, and I love all of Roy's love restaurants. Love Roy. And he was doing a very uh, admirable thing. Right? That purpose of that restaurant to be able to provide cost-affordable somewhat better for you food and really it's like serve the neighborhood and serve the community and for whatever reason they chose to focus on catering or closing the to consumers as we know it and i'm just curious about what you know of watts and the block and what the future for watts is from a food perspective in your opinion can all flavor open up in that same building that local closed in Hell yeah. Them the homies right there. That's right there smacking the Jordan Down Projects, Grape Streets. 
Them the homies. We can for sure, for sure open up right there. Get it cracking with all kind of specials. Dollar tacos, the little ones every day. Guarantee, have them rolling. Use a smaller burrito shell, $6 burritos. Mm. Have it cracking instantly. Put nachos. That's, that's easy. Now, you got pros and cons to that. Roy Choi, Asian guy, Watts community. Great idea, but not from over there. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like, okay, Asian guy came to the hood with a great idea to win. So, yeah, you got to win with the people that's in the city with you in that neighborhood as well. So, you know, <clears throat> he brought him along to help the business grow. He did his part right. It's the people who didn't take advantage of the opportunity and took for granted the opportunity that Roy offered to the city. Who Explain that. Yeah, who who who's people? that? I, I, won't, I won't say any specific names, but I'll say that when you leave people in position, you want to leave people in position 100% that you just trust. Will you be able to find it off the rip? No, you won't. But you'll be able to fill people out. But when you start to see things that's not right, and you know it's not right and has the potential to get worse, you get it out fast. That's like you see a bad apple in there and you just want to let it sit there because you see it still got some good redness to it. No. Get the shit out. You're talking about like employees at the restaurant, managers, assistant managers, whatever it may be. Correct. And that's so funny because it may not be funny at all, but Roy knows how to open up restaurants. Like he knows... He know, I mean, he's at five plus food trucks. All Kogi's incredible. A frame. He, I mean, he opened up an amazing uh, restaurant on the, stri- on the strip the, in Las Vegas. One of the biggest, best friend. delicious, best friend. Great restaurant. Go check it out. Um, but what can't figure out management in the place? Is it because he didn't understand the community? He didn't understand who he was hiring. He didn't like what. Without naming names, obviously, I'm not trying to out employees or whatever, but like what could have been done different? Or was it doing from the start? Oh, yeah. Because was it does it, does it, to survive in Watts as a food concept is going to take, does it have to be Keith? Someone from the block understands the block, knows the people, understands the people. Yeah. Bring that education there. But like, and why knowledge. do But why do we, why do we, why, why do we not rip McDonald's? How come McDonald's can flourish? Because McDonald's is a Fortune 500 company. So they can afford not to flourish. You they can, can afford can, to be there and and they probably flourish. You could take L's and not even be tripping. Mm-hmm. You got to think. McDonald's for to make damn near 10 bands a day with their eyes closed. 10,000 a day. Mm-hmm. 10 times 7 is 70. Mm-hmm. You got four weeks in a month. That's over 100K a month. Yeah. That's a slow month too, I would Slow imagine. month. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about in South Central, slow month. Now, let's transition over to Locos, mm. where they probably wouldn't even making 10% of those numbers today. Mm-hmm. Just just speaking out top of the dead. Yeah. And then you got to think, when business is not running efficiently, you feel me? How long do you expect that to last? So you're saying, I don't know anything about Locos numbers or how many people went there. I know, Jeff, you went a couple times. Mm -hmm. Do you think, just from the outside, 
you don't have no stake in local. Do you see like the amount of people going there or talking about it kind of drop off? And do you think that's correlated? Because just Roy's from for that area. He's from the outside. I think that Roy needed another dish on his menu or three. Oh, so the food you think was the dishes not. that Roy came with were good, mm. but were not fit for the hood. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. He had a veggie chili bomb. Then mm. he even had another little chili over there that was smacking. Mm. But you suggest other dishes that you know that was on the menu that wasn't getting bought a lot. Mm. And I know that you know, you just not gonna survive off just some chili, or you not gonna just survive off one drink. Mm. For real, for real. So, so it's the like, menu didn't work. I would, yeah, yeah. I would go with that one. Mm-hmm. Roy, like I said, great guy. The building was beautiful. Location was cool. Prices was great. Prices were great. The prices were for the community. Mm-hmm. But the the menu, you need something for the economy. You, why would McDonald's work versus the locals? They got a hamburger, fry, and a soda. Mm. He don't. What was the word on the streets about local? Because we don't know. All we hear... I don't live in Watts. I don't live in the neighboring area around Watts. I'm in Orange County. I, all I hear is what like Eater writes about it or what these publications write. It opened. It, it, it closed. That's, that's what, it. That's what we hear. I, and, and for me, I'm like, oh, that sounds admirable. I like Roy Choi's restaurants. It's probably good. But what do people like across the street say about it after trying once? I know you know you got your ear to that. Like, it was it was good. It was cool. Mm. That's all you get. It was good. It was cool. Like they had a um, not as good as McDonald's to them because now you got to understand. Like that's what it's okay. not. But you can't really compare and contrast. Sure. Because you you'll say <clears throat> you think of food in Watts. Mm. First thing you gonna say when you think of food in Watts is either Watts Coffee House, local LRR flavor, no grease. Period. Then you go compare the three foods. You got Watts Coffee House that's only open from like six to two, which means that's breakfast and brunch. Feel me? Then you got all flavor. He'd be on the Ocho maybe at 12 o'clock, but his ass gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he started right there in the front yard, full fire. Yeah. Feel me? But it's like he ain't even always there. Then you got locals all of a sudden new. Feel me? Asian guy come open up right there, smack in the middle of Watts. Bottom right across the street from the projects. Oh, he hard. He got heart. Let's go try it out. It's like a ooh. You don't know what the food is, so you really get there. You just really tripping off the story. You got an agent guy just opened up in a dead smack middle of Watts. Oh, he hard for that. He got to have heart. Let's go see what the food do. So then when you go in there, you see the whole staff is from the housing project and community over there. you like, shit, let's go support and let's go see. Mm. You got to think. Roy had got, uh, I think he had got approved to hire... I think 28 people for his store, 27, 28 people. And he was actually smart. He hired everybody from the projects, gave everybody an opportunity to, you feel me, first jobs and everything. He was excellent for that. He even went to some of the opposing projects where the hoods don't really get along mm-hmm. just to, you know, give an opportunity. Say so you guys could come together, you could unify here and get some money together. Mm-hmm. Feel me? He did a great job. Great job. He's a great person. But like I said, that menu, I just don't think it fit for the hood, what they're looking for. You got to think. That's the that's the ghetto. They looking for chili cheese fries. You feel me? Like you said, you got taco stands on every corner. So by me having a fusion taco, fusion quesadilla now, that's why my shit cracks so hard. Mm. You know? But it's like, you got a, you got a, 
you got some chicken nuggets, but they not like chicken nuggets. It's a whole different type of chicken nugget. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you got a, what else I used? I just used to really go get the chili. That was the most fire shit to me. Chili bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Roy for the chili. The chili was hitting. And he has a couple good juices in there as well. But like I said, those couple items is not going to keep all the lights on. Keep all your employees paid. Yeah. That's hey, tough. Hey, Keith. Hey, Keith. What's up, uh, Izzy? Oh, hey, he woke up. Oh, he Izzy. has risen from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy, the producer here. Um, I Just kind of bouncing off of what you guys are talking about right now. Um, there's also Hawkins House of Burgers out in Watts. Shout out, Hawkins. We had you. They had local. Did Watts become like a destination for places to open or a place where foodies just kind of started coming for locations like your guys' locations? Like what made Watts like that spot that just started cracking maybe, I want to say, six or seven years ago that just a lot of like notable locations started opening up in Watson, having like an influx of different people. Even on TV shows, people were going down TV shows from Travel Channel, going down to Hawkins House. Like what happened to the neighborhood when all this exposure started coming into Watts for the food? Great question. I actually think that, (laughs) I hate to say it like this, but I actually think that I brought the whole. You brought the spotlight? I think so. Because a lot of people weren't confident to push their businesses. Like how I came on the scene, if that makes any sense. Hawkins has been around since I was a baby. Been around. Been had bomb food. Couldn't really go over there because that's the red team and I stay over there on the blue team. You feel me? So that's Bloods and Crips, yep. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked dire- he looked directly at me. <laughs> he looked a little lost real no. quick. <laughs> you talk about Tron? <laughs> right. But it was like once I came on the market and then I start basically just being me, that was when you seen everybody start being them. That's when, like, you know, everybody's businesses start really cracking again. You got to think, everybody was on the scene already. Mm-hmm. But everybody wasn't pushing them like that. What's funny is that going back to when you mentioned the ten the ten K mark on Instagram, which you get ten K followers, it yeah. almost felt like, oh, it's safe for the newscasters to come out to your spot. Correct. It's safe for the influencer down the street. Like, oh, 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 we're not going to like some dude's house. We're going to a place with ten thousand followers. It's like you instantly Instagram. turned into an Instagram sensation. Yeah. Instantly. And, and like I could see that because it now if you hear about what's the what's the spot you're talking about? The coffee? Uh, Hawkins House of Burgers. Hawkins House of Burgers. Like you're saying, that's just been a stay. That's been there for a minute. And like, but it's cool to check it out because we came down to see Keith or like, yo, another spot like a couple blocks away. They're cracking on Instagram. This place is Instagram safe. Like I actually think that's a thing. That's a cosign of like when I look at a new restaurant, someone's like, yo, go check this out. I look at it and be like, oh, I shouldn't think this way. But it's the way a lot of us do. It's a lot of way uh, we consume is. I'm gonna see if it's if it's rep properly. Yeah. See if it's cracking yeah. first. I'm gonna see the kind of people in line. I'm gonna see the way the food's taking pictures uh-huh. of the neighbor. That's frankly just how a lot of people consume stuff, and probably why you had such a good snowball effect with your concept. It's just like those early people taking a chance on it, and then and you it. and you were the island because who else was who else was promoting food on 108? No, who else was promoting food? food period. In, in what? Like that. And see, that's, 
it was people promoting food. Don't get me wrong, saying come to their spots and everything. But they were promoting nine times out of a ten a brand that probably wasn't even theirs. Mm. They've been hired or they're partnered up. Mm-hmm. It's never like nobody solely that was like with it until I came and like make it like, okay, it's really cool to be yourself and believe in you and push you guys. And it's like now you see it everywhere in the world now. And I, it used to irk me. It made me mad at first. Like, damn, they just trying to be copycats. But now I just look at it like, oh, I'm sorry. I just look at it like, shit, you trendsetting. You're a trendsetter. Yeah. So I said, when they, when you see it, Look at it and embrace it. Know where it came from. Hey, Keith, you you briefly mentioned like the gangs. Um, how how did it become how did it become a safe place for just like the average person to start coming into the hood and trying these different types of foods? Because I feel like the idea of going to Watts just wasn't that before. Like people weren't right. you weren't having like white Asians like okay, I'm gonna just stroll into 108th and go grab a quesadilla. How, how is that culture? How is that right now? Like, how are people being able to not be scared to walk into Watts? I'm glad he just said that because that's what I was thinking about while I was just talking. Like, how could I get right back into that part, that specific part right there? And how it happened is because of the first impression that I put out that got exposure one of my favorite lines is you can never get a second first impression. So when I came on the scene, I came on the scene with my arms open and said, I love everybody. There's no color line, no blood, no crip, whoever, wherever you from, you could come over and come get food. It don't matter. Just don't come over here tripping and you could come in peace and you can leave in peace. We're not tripping about the opposing gang who we've been rivals with for over 20 years I know I grew up with y'all. I know y'all don't like some of the homies, but I know y'all really fuck with me personally. And if it's going to take for us to have two hood meetings for us to have a truce, then we'll do that. No, we won't become allies. No, we won't become best friends. But it will be neutral. But it will be neutral ground, excuse me, for us to come, you know, patronize our friend as well. Just because he stay on the other side of the tracks don't mean we can't come over and, you know, show love. So there was a meeting held. At Markham Middle School with both rival gangs. The median was all flavor, no grease. We want to come support. Literally. So you set up shop at a middle school? No. No, no, no. Immediately no, 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 no. no. he's following. Crips and Bloods. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That at, was specifically the purpose of the meeting was can we have neutral ground at all sure. flavor, no grease? Okay. Correct. And it was it, it started from there. And matter of fact, it was two Crip hoods. The Bloods came along because they just know what time it is. Like, they just was following. They love me. They know that I had say-so in my neighborhood. So it was like, okay, if Keith saying it's cool, it got to be cool. Mm-hmm. We know he come in peace, so he know we know he wouldn't put our lives in jeopardy to come get a plate. And it happened just like that. The Bloods will come through. They'll see some homies hanging out. The homies don't say nothing. Then my people's right there. Let them come do their thing, and they gone. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam Bam, it's cool simple and we've just been keeping that same energy same energy i let them know like what y'all gonna do hate on my money because i'm not out here selling weed and rocks no more mm-hmm. so y'all hating now no i said i'm having nothing all right then so shut the fuck up and get back 
Let me sell my food. Let these people. I say, y'all not over there tripping on Century and Avalon at McDonald's. Y'all not on 103rd and Central chipping at Jack in the Box. So what you tripping on the A for? And hey, it's been cool ever since then. Now, it's funny. Now my homies, my friends, they embracing the people when they come through. Oh, how you doing? I'm, I'm Whoopty Wop from Whoopty Wop. Oh, how you doing? I'm Whoopty Wop from Whoopty Wop. All right, thanks for coming through the hood, you know, supporting the homie. That's it. Wow. And it's cr- exactly. Crazy. That's what you get. And that's the that's part. That's the that, power. You feel? And it got my hairs rising right yeah, now. I literally see the goosebumps. You feel me? Because of the energy level. And I know where it is. I know where it came from. That's why when people ask me, I'm so quick to say it was God. I, I didn't have that power. I was just the willing vessel. You feel me? And that's just the walk I walk. And the vessels keep the vessels case ideas. Bring in peace, bro. Oh. Bring in peace. <laughs> Keith, Keith, where can people find you? At the 4th Street Market. <laughs> Downtown Santa Ana, boy. Or you can keep it up with us. At All Flavor No Grease through all of our social media platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can follow the food truck as well. Guys, come grab a quesadilla. If you're traveling to California, if you're in California, come grab this quesadilla. If you don't like it, don't talk to me because you probably didn't taste it right. <laughs> Guys, it's been Eli. This is Jeff. It's not Jeff. You're Jeff. I'm Jeff. <laughs> We're going to keep the positive, weird outros going, I think. But but follow Eli, Book of Eli, myself at Jeffrey Kutnick. Izzy's off Instagram, I think. So you can follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Tune in next week for another great episode of The Catch Up. Later. Bye, Easy. y'all.